Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. We're chasing after something. We're seeking something. But that's not bad. You know, it's, it, it's a great motor. It's a great catalyst to get you to do something. And so in my case, it got me out into the world. And yes, it certainly did get him out into the world. That is Ernest White II, our guest today. He has circumnavigated the globe six times. He's a storyteller, explorer, executive producer, and host of the television travel docuseries Fly Brother with Ernest White II, currently airing in the United States on public television stations. You can learn more about him and his community over on his website at flybrother.net. And as you'll hear today, Ernest is just an amazing guy, just a wonderful human being. He's incredibly talented, such an eloquent storyteller and speaker and writer. And these gifts, along with his willingness to just share openly, to be honest about his life, his struggles, what's going on behind the scenes at his television show. And he's not afraid to just be vulnerable and have an honest conversation. And all of that really sets the stage for this wonderful conversation you're going to hear today. In it, we discuss his life as an expat, Politics are everywhere, but uh, here it tends to just be a little bit more like, you know, differences of opinion, but we still want to make sure that people are taken care of. And uh, that's kind of what I appreciate about uh, living in Canada and, and, and Vancouver, particularly. You'll hear what he loves about some of the cultures he's gotten to visit around the world. When we were in Namibia filming an episode of the show, um, we were told we meet only to meet again, which I do say at the end of the episode. And I thought that that was just a, a beautifully powerful sentiment. Uh, we meet only to meet again. We also discussed the importance of joy of celebrating life, as well as the struggles that come with carving your own path as an entrepreneur and a creator and some ideas for overcoming some of those doubts and fears that come along with a choice like that. Of course, the good and bad and ugly of producing and hosting a successful travel television show, storytelling, some perspectives around trusting and believing in your vision, and so much more. All that's happening in this show right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears. 
This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. I'm actually getting ready to get on the road tomorrow, taking my kids for a little road trip. Can't wait for that. We're going to go to a model train museum. We're going to hit the old town in Frederikstad, Norway, and... Who knows what kind of crazy adventures we'll get into. You know, I'm going to have a lot of snacks in that car. There's going to be a lot of snacks in that car. Anyway, how you doing today? Hope you are well as this is hitting your ears. I'm so excited for this show. We're going to get into the interview in a second. One thing that comes up early in this conversation is this concept that Ernest shares of finding your place in the world that aligns with where you are right now in life. And I want to share a bit more about that and three questions I came up with to ask yourself that may or may not alter the direction of your life over the next few years, but definitely could. So stick around on the back end if you want to hear that. Plus, I'll leave you with a quote to send you on your day. Thanks so much for listening. And without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Ernest White II. expats i assume uh yeah. and you don't have a norwegian accent to my ear but uh you know you you know those scandies though y'all they're, they're really good at uh, mimicking american english yeah. <laughs> so. yeah i heard a guy talking the other day when i dropped my daughter off at school and i said oh he must be american and my wife's like no he's actually norwegian he's just married to an either an american or canadian i was like what because he sounded legit American and I, yeah. I could only dream of speaking Norwegian with that nice of an accent one day. Well, they have like a million dialects here, so I'd have to pick one. I'd have to pick the one where my wife is from that area. Otherwise, I think I'd get in trouble if I start just using like random dialects from across, sure, the, sure. across the country. You know that that I'd like <laughs> to stay married, Ernest. You know, <laughs> I understand. You know, at least. Uh, if, if, if nothing else, sunk costs. But uh, I'm sure there's also some <laughs> some some wonderful magic that you're still able to uh, to generate between the two of you. So that is worth it, uh, to my way of thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I should give you an official just Ernest White II. Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Really excited Thank to you. have you here. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Absolutely. You mentioned. When we were kind of getting on the call, just kind of getting going and, and you know, having a conversation it reminded me of Fika, which is from your, uh, what, what you call your quote, your European home country. Isn't that right? Did I do yes, my research properly? Yes, yes. Fika, the little afternoon snack, I believe, or like uh, just a, you know, a nice little cozy uh, kind of uh, um, food involved uh, <laughs> meetup uh, in, in Sweden. Yes, Stockholm uh, is a place that um, remains close to my heart. Uh, I just have um, a lot of wonderful memories there, a lot of great people who have... Uh, have become friends over the years. Uh, I haven't been back as often as I would have liked, certainly uh, since, you know, 2019, but, uh, or 2020, but, you know, I, I, it, 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 it remains in me. Uh, and I feel definitely blessed to have had a lot of experiences uh, that I can cherish from Stockholm. Yeah, I wanted to hear more about that because I know you studied abroad there and I thought I'd bring up the Fika thing because it seemed like, that's kind of how I see this right now. Like, let's have a little fika. I've kind of adopted that that cultural concept, even though I'm in Norway and we don't technically have the fika, but we have like the 
Kus kind of thing. It's the same sort of idea in a way. And it's like you said, like, yeah, maybe some food and really like time. I just taking time to like have a coffee with a neighbor and whatever. So, I mean, we're having the virtual connection here now. I love that, man. I mean, that's, it's like a comfortable framework for a nice conversation, Fika, I feel. <laughs> Same. I agree. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that you can also look forward to. It's a small, a small blessing, right? It's a small, uh, small victory. Uh, but it's, it's something that allows us to just get through life, you know, when you're able to connect with someone cool or special and have your little Fika, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's part of the, the, the romance of life, I suppose. Are there any other cultural concepts like that that you can think of from other countries that you've vibed with before? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Let me see. Um, well, what's coming up for me right now isn't necessarily um, a concept so much uh, as a saying. Uh, when we were in Namibia filming an episode of the show, um, we were told we meet only to meet again, which I do say at the end of the episode. And I thought that that was just a, a beautifully powerful sentiment. Uh, we meet only to meet again. So, you know, thank you, Namibia, for uh, you know, giving me that experience. Um, obviously, you know, kind of related to Fika and that uh, Nordic pantheon uh, in, I can't remember, I think it's Higge in uh, the the um, Scandinavian countries and Gemütlichkeit in German, uh, which is, you know, coziness, that feeling of uh, of being um, just warmly received, which, uh, you know, I, I live in Vancouver, Canada. Um, it's a place that can get chilly, right? And so that, that concept is very important. Uh, whereas when you are in places like um, the Caribbean or, you know, Latin America, Africa, Asia, you've uh, parts of Asia, you've got kind of like that natural warmth all the time. And so that's also, you know, that's beautiful. Like seeing kind of the exuberance, the um, effusiveness of people when they feel warm. Uh, and so that is, uh, you know, it takes all of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, you're, yeah. you nailed it with the weather thing. You can totally appreciate where I am because you're, you're pretty far North as well. And you're, I mean, you're right. The, the weather is a factor. So it's almost like an in indoor escape from the weather, right? Laying some candles and just kind of having, having the thing. I know. Cause when it starts to get dark here, yeah, the mood, the mood, it, it's important. And if I ever get sort of bummed out about the, the dark months, you know, my wife's always like, well, we'll light a fire or just kind of like, you know, she tries to bring me up with the setting the scene. I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah. We'll come inside. We'll get cozy. It's all good. It's a work in progress. Sometimes dealing that, with the winter. <laughs> weather, but, well, I mean, how did you end up in Vancouver? Oh, wow. I, um, 2020, you know, was a year of great transformation and transition for a lot of people. You know, you had people who had major health and wealth, uh, challenges during that time or starting then. And, um, for me though, I happened to have a lot of expansion happen in my life. Uh, and a lot of that I think happened partially because as an independent producer and as an entrepreneur for many, many years, I'd already been, um, living in great uncertainty. <laughs> I definitely did not have a paycheck I could rely on. Uh, and so therefore I already had practice 
being on the surfboard, right? Uh, and so when things kind of just got, you know, t- when the, the world turned sideways, like I just felt, you know, I was like, well, you know, this is just more of the same <laughs> in some ways for me. Uh, and, and in that regard, um, just looking at opportunity, looking uh, at um, also kind of a desire to remove myself from what seemed to be socio-politically um, a challenging uh, kind of space. You know, uh, this was on the heels of uh, the George Floyd murder. And then kind of when we didn't know what the election turnout was going to end up being or, or election uh, results was going to, were, were going to be. Uh, and so, yeah, it was kind of like, all right, well, here is an opportunity for me to make a move to a place where I can be kind of um, focusing on my career in film and television close to California. Um, you know, be- amazing quality of life. And, you know, um, just a, a more chill environment, right? Like there's, you know, there politics are everywhere, but uh, here it tends to just be a little bit more like, you know, differences of opinion, but we still want to make sure that people are taken care of. And uh, that's kind of what I appreciate about uh, living in Canada and, and, and Vancouver, particularly. I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful here. I was living in San Francisco, which is also, to me, one of the most beautiful cities in the world and certainly in the United States. And um, to just pop right up the coast, um, you know, kind to me, I kind of see, uh, let's say, San Jose up to uh, Skagway, Alaska as part of the same kind of coastline, if you will. Like they seem to be just parts of, you know, uh, one country almost. Um, and, and so to, to, to kind of go further North, but still be in the, the verdant, rich, um, rainy, uh, kind of forest, uh, in the Northwestern, um, part of North America. Uh, it just kind of, it feels, it feels natural. It definitely feels like a home space for me here. And I get to create, I get to, uh, definitely establish mood, uh, and, and kind of build, um, building community, building relationships, building family here. Uh, and that is, um, that's definitely a blessing that I've le- I'm leaning into. So, you know, I guess um, the short answer <laughs> is it was both a running away from and a running to. Uh, and it just kind of provided me the opportunity to work, uh, you know, do projects both in the U.S. and here in Canada as well. Hmm. Uh, how much do you think the, the environment, the physical environment and the cultural environment that you're in, everything that that is surrounding the place that you are where your physical body is how much do you think that impacts your creativity oh wow it, it, incredibly so i mean i always look to be inspired uh i <laughs> one of my favorite lines from uh the interview with the vampire which i just happened to catch uh the the new the new series uh just in throes of increasing wonder you know that's what life should be like where you're just in throes of increasing uh wonder you know, and uh, that to me, to live in a place with um, a thriving cultural scene and with just spectacular natural beauty, um, I'm constantly inspired. I'm constantly in awe. I'm constantly, you know, in wonder to be able to turn a corner and see a snow capped mountain, even as I'm, you know, wearing shorts and a t shirt. 
Um, and that's, you know, I grew up in Florida. I grew up in North Florida, uh, which has its own beauty. Uh, but it's also, um, it, it, they're the flatlands, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's very salty uh, air and, 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 you know, um, it's uh, marsh and ocean and, you know, it's a transition zone almost in a lot of ways. Uh, and so what you get there is a different kind of beauty and a different kind of, um, uh, of inspiration. But here uh, it's, uh, more, it's on the, a level of majesty uh, out, out this way. Uh, and you can see, you see it in California, you see it in other parts of the West of the United States. And, and as you come into Canada, so, um, just having that constant inspiration to look out the window and see the mountains, uh, and the ocean, you know, that's like, wow. Um, those wow moments increase, I think when you're in environments like this. And certainly I think we shouldn't, you know, leave out the, um, you know, age and life experience and place and time, you know, like I just turned 45. Uh, so, you know, I'm not like, I've had a lot of life experiences in many different places too. So at this point in my life, this is where the greatest alignment is. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, I needed to be in Sao Paulo, Brazil, like one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, like that was where I felt most at home amidst 20 million people um, with things going on all the time. Right. Uh, now I still enjoy having access to that kind of thing, but uh, I don't need to be immersed in it in the same way. One, because I've done it. And two, because like now I am doing a lot of creating a lot of generating and that requires the space to uh, to be quiet or to um, allow for things to kind of show up. So Vancouver is almost is the perfect place for that because it's big enough for there to be things going on and to have cultural diversity, but it's also small enough to um, create the the opportunity to chill and hermit as needed. I feel that a hundred percent. I'm getting the same experience here in some ways. I like what you said about alignment because that's. That's not always an easy thing to do to be really intentional about your base because there's family, there are other considerations. There's a lot to balance in life. So you found a way to get to a place where you feel aligned right now. That's pretty awesome. Thank you, man. And it's yes. And definitely not only has it, it taken, you know, as long as it's taken, but it's also a daily hourly secondly practice, you know, like just continuing to, to, to align with, um, you know, what I'm creating for myself, what I want in life. Um, knowing that that's the right thing, trusting that that is the thing that's, um, going to be resonant with other people. That's going to, uh, create opportunity for myself and others. That's going to be of service and that's going to be fulfilling and enjoyable uh, fun, like all of those things, you know, as long as, um, I'm kind of still choosing myself each time, each moment, each time. Uh, and it's again, practice like anything else. Uh, you know, it's, and when I say like anything else, I mean like working out or, you know, it, it you, you stop doing it, you'll see the results of that. Uh, and so that's where it's, um, just knowing like, I want to live a life that does feel aligned, that does feel good to me. So what am I choosing? Yeah. It sounds like you're ticking a lot of those boxes or have been for quite some time with the <laughs> travel TV show you have, Fly Brother, which has been seemingly pretty successful on PBS. Really cool. Congratulations on that. And uh, getting you, to 
Yeah, it seems like you're really getting to live your your passion for storytelling and exploring and being able to combine those two things in such a unique way. Uh, you got to wear a lot of hats, though, huh? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you, you wear them until you don't uh, have to, right? Uh, and <laughs> right. so that definitely is something. That, and I mean, there's constant expansion happening in my life. Uh, literally something new all the time. Learning something new all the time. Stepping into something new all the time. Uh, and so, yeah, like I'm, I'm always, you know, I, I got ideas out the wazoo. Uh, and as an idea factory, uh, that often means that, you know, you're kind of, um, you're out in it, you know, up to your elbows and trying to, to really figure it out. And uh, in doing so, yeah, that does mean that uh, you've got to do a lot until you are able, either from a resource standpoint, well, yeah, mostly from a resource standpoint, to, um, to delegate to offload, to uh, outsource. Um, but, but then at the same time, like when you're working, when you're really passionate about what you, what you do and you, you've committed to it enough, you've been persistent enough, you've believed in it enough, or you've leaned into it enough, even when you haven't believed in it. But if you've leaned into it enough, um, you know, even the, the, the people show up, your support team, your co-creators will show up and will align with what you're looking for. You know, um, they'll say, all right, well, I know you can't afford me. So here, let me give you like a a little two hour uh, session of, of uh, uh, coaching or whatever, you know what I mean? Like uh, the people have done that. There's, you know, um, over and over again, people have shown up and uh, really offered their support uh, to the point that now I am able to pay the rate uh, when needed. But that uh, also is, is something I think that that's, impo- that's important to understand is when you're like leaning into what you want, um, you don't always have the clear answer. You don't always have the clear path, but you don't have to. People will show up and help you show the help show you the way. Uh, and that is what I've seen and experienced over and over and over again in my life. And I am incredibly grateful and thankful, uh, and feel blessed for it. And it also then, um, creates in me the desire and responsibility to be, to do that for others and to be that way for others too. Paying it forward. Oh, hundred percent, right. man. Like, wow. yeah, I, not only have, uh, people like people have receipts. I could never go up on stage and say like, oh yeah, I did it all myself. I think no one because they <laughs> were my, starting with my parents and my brother who are like, oh no, homie. No, nah, this, see, this is where we've supported you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Literal receipts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Paying it forward and back. <laughs> That's funny. It's one of those things I feel on the surface when when you hear somebody say, well, you, you know, you do the thing and you lean to it and people show up uh, like there'll be a subset of people that just roll their eyes at that. Right. They'll be like, oh, well, that's like a woo woo thing. But when you've experienced it, exactly, you know, it's real. It, it, I, like, listen, I'm only speaking from my personal experience. I am only T- speaking totally. From my personal but I, experience, I've so, had the yeah. same experience. Yeah. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And you meet with, listen, I, I, I get it. Cynicism. You know what I mean? Like if you haven't experienced it or you've only experienced it a couple of times in your life and you don't, uh, you know, you aren't in a place where you're able to recognize that it's happening for you and through you and because of you and all these other things, you know, it's not wrong, but 
I guarantee you somebody that's rolling their eyes at what we're saying probably are not, they're not enjoying life as much as they could be. Um, so like, that that's the thing. Like they can continue to do that and be in that space. Uh, I choose not to because I've, I've had the experience. It's like, as it is like being in love, you know, it is being in love. It's like, that feels so good. Why would you not want to be in that state all the time for fear of, 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 uh, rejection and loss and abandonment and all that kind of stuff? Well, um, so what? You know, so do I trust that um, I'm going to be provided for as long as I'm stepping into providing for myself? Yes, I do, because there were times when, man, like I didn't want to do the show. I didn't want to do I, I hated my life uh, when on the outside it was like, oh, yeah, you're doing this travel show and this and, that and the other. And I'm like, on the inside, I have to create it myself. I have to find the money. I have to like, I don't this is not what I want to do. I, I write literature. <laughs> like, I write. I'm a writer. And, <laughs> like, you know, and I was kind of hell, almost like I was being dragged uh, into this thing. But. Uh, and, and so, the, yeah, there are moments where you are, well, I uh, <laughs> did things mostly because they that it hurt the least, you know, to not do them hurt more than to do them. But I still didn't want to do them. Right. So it was like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that it was a, a process of just leaning in and trusting. It. No. So I get where they that might seem to be woo woo or whatever, though. I I am woo woo. I don't care. Like woo woo. Uh, like it's <laughs> exactly like whatever. Uh, I'm having a good time. So you <laughs> be woo woo, too, or don't. But that, that's us on you, boo. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but just saying like, you know, I, I can't um, leave out the challenges, the fear of like, I don't know what the, what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm having a phone call about, uh, you know, uh, like pitching uh, a destination to work with us. And there's a cost involved with filming. And, you know, I'm afraid to talk about money because I've never really had a good relationship to it. And this and that and the other, you know, there, there's all that stuff has come up over the years. So absolutely, there were times when I felt abandoned and like straight up like, this sucks. And I tried to like it, you know, go back just to, to, to shrink back into a previous me, uh, you know, go back to get jobs that were secure and certain and all this kind of stuff. And it never worked out. It never worked out. I would have like, I'd go through the interview and in the end not get hired or I would get hired and I'd be like, knowing that this was not the answer and just like, couldn't even, bring myself to start because I wasn't operating from a place of integrity. I was operating from fear and paying your bills. I mean, that's certainly a great motivator, you know, but every, anything that I did from driving Lyft to throwing suitcases as a, um, a fleet service clerk at an airline to, you know, all of the things, those things, those like blue collar or, you know, gig type jobs that augmented uh, what I was doing professionally still carried with them great um, skills and learnings and, and, and opportunities for growth and expansion in addition to the money. So it wasn't like I just got a gig just to have the cash. Like these things came into my life for me to also uh, be able to improve my communication game, to improve my ability to um, speak extemporaneously, 
you know, I drove Lyft in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, in 2019 when I was uh, f- putting the finishing touches on season one of the show. And I was meeting people who have become friends of mine, like some of my passengers <laughs> have become friends. And like, but it gave me the opportunity to get to know the Bay Area. I mean, top to, to, to bottom and just go places that people who lived there didn't even get to simply because it was out of their like daily commute range or, or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and I'm bring, I'm saying that to say, yeah, I was in fear frequently of like survival again, as a, as an independent producer and entrepreneur, it was, you know, your f- cash flow would be lumpy. Uh, you'd get a little bit and all of it would go out, you know, like, and, and you're still learning how to like balance all this stuff and uh, how to even prioritize expenditures, right? Because everything's urgent, uh, according to everybody who needs their money, right? Uh, so like all of these things, all of these lessons, when you're just like, I wanted to tell stories, I just wanted to be a writer, not yeah. a bank book balancer you know like not a fundraiser not i mean a, just the producer role has like 50 different things under it you need them. to do right it's I got mean, all of them it's got all the things yeah including the sweeping up afterwards <laughs> the mopping so like mess cleaning up uh you know mess cleaning up of i don't know how you want to phrase it but like yeah all of that um and eventually you at with the practice, you develop the uh, the appreciation for it, you know, and, uh, I, you know, sometimes you develop an enjoyment for it. Other times you're still just as annoyed, but you recognize that it's a part of the process and you just do, you get on with it. Uh, I, I don't have children, but I assume it's like, you know, changing diapers, you know, you get on with it. You hate it at first and then you're just like, whatever, like, OK, I don't even smell it anymore. Um, or I do smell it and I'm going to oh, be super, right. I'm going to be super quick it. about it because now I've got the practice, yeah. right. I've done it enough times to where it's like, whatever, you know, it, it, and that's similar to all of this. Uh, mm. and b- having been blessed with people who've shown up and been like, no, this is how you fold it. Like, this is how you like <laughs> do it in a way. No, see, now you're getting it all on your hands and you didn't have to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, well, that in and of itself is just the the sort of small muscles, let's call them, you build along the way in uh, in an entrepreneurial journey or, or a journey towards a creative pursuit or you know whatever you want to call or whatever somebody listening is is on, and, and maybe they're in the middle of the journey right now, and they're they're like, oh, I I'm yeah, this is resonating, <laughs> and then you get it. It's hard to know the things you don't know until you're face to face with them. But this is where I think the traveler has a big advantage. Like a lot of the topics we, we touched on, you touched on already, you know, this idea of living in uncertainty and, you know, creating space and, and, and serendipity and all of that. Those are the best, those are elements of the best travel experiences too, mm, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Surprise, wonder in throes of increasing wonder you know, being out and meeting people and seeing things and tasting things, you know, sensing things um, without the plan. Like, yes, the plan, you know, yes, I'm going to Paris. I want to see the Eiffel Tower. I want to see the Mona Lisa or whatever. And I'm leaving an afternoon free to just like walk around and meet somebody on the metro 
and have a little, you know, affair like that, <laughs> you know, all of that, all of that. Am I telling too much of my own personal business? <laughs> oh, no, please carry on. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I this mean, is, that's... this is the place to do it. <laughs> Let it loose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and, and yes, I guess you're, you're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about it like this, but you know, I've, I was doing that. I was doing that in my, you know, early twenties, uh, early, you know, teens, even um, in in being open to um, those experiences, and and um, yeah, like life certainly can can um, buffet you into cynicism and into uh, closing up. You know, I get that. Uh, but you have to continue choosing to open back up. You have to choose to continue loving and being in love. That is, you know, people like the, the, the idea of like being in love and like I've fallen in love and oh my God, it hurts to even say that. I love you. You know, like that's totally not what it's about, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's being in love is like straight up like I'm, this is a this is the sunset that I'm being gifted right now from the top of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, I don't know why pa- Paris, 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 Paris. We must be going to do an episode there because that keeps popping <laughs> up in my mind. <laughs> uh, or like this um, beautiful, this meal that I'm mm, just like enjoying that's it's right here. And uh, yeah, it could be another person involved in the scenario, you know, um, but it doesn't have to be because it's it's about the, the romance of life. And so like that is I had had like little fleeting moments of that um, in all my travels, right? Uh, and it was what also, that plus my own innate curiosity um, and my own like shadow, like, you know, feelings of insecurity and not being loved and rejection, blah, 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 blah. All, that's, all that stuff too, you know, because that's all involved. You know, we're, we're, we're chasing after something, we're seeking something, but that's not bad. You know, it's it, it's a great motor. It's a great catalyst to get you to do something. And so in my case, it got me out into the world. And I was because I was having these fleeting moments of romance. Right. Um, I eventually got to the point of like creating them myself. Right. And uh, that I, and I started, you know, kind of through trial and error figuring it out so it's like okay so then if i create this opportunity for serendipity if i create this opportunity if i just go and put myself in the situation trust that i'm going to be safe trust that i'm it's all good right like in the sense of it all works out um it's, it's easier said than done sometimes but i happen to not be uh, i mean i'm like six two black dude uh, and, you know, a, a fully, um, fully packed body. Uh, so like I, yeah, I, I can walk through the world, uh, from a place of relative safety. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily from law enforcement, but even still like there's times when I'll be a place and, you know, a, a police officer and I are like lock eyes and give a nod and, and, and that'll be that, you know? So like, it's even that, and I recognize that that is incredibly privileged. So I want to like put that out there. I, I inhabit the world from a place of great privilege. It may not be white privilege, but it's all kinds of other privilege. Um, and, and so that said, like it, 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 I can take the risks, you know, but I also see people 
in wheelchairs taking the risks. I see women traveling solo taking the risks. I see women with children, tra- you know, single mothers traveling taking the risks. So it, it's, you know, and now more than ever, more than when I first started traveling, there's support. Just like we talked about, that support always shows up. And now we've got like, you know, all the different groups that exist in the world, all the materials that are, you know, on social media, things that as as recently as 2009, when I first started the blog Fly Brother, Instagram was didn't exist. So, you know, the, the, the kind of social media component was less image focused. It was still words, right? Uh, and so... Yeah, we had like a few guidebooks and some blogs, but that was it back when we started traveling or when I started traveling. Uh, So you had to have more trust. Now, you know, people have been places. Everybody's run through Dubai these days. And so like it's it's not that same kind of um, unknown adventure. You can still have it. You can still create the unknown. I'm not saying that or well, the unknown's there anyway. But, um, you know, it's it's more it's easier than ever. That's my point. You can find your affinity groups. You can find the way to create that trust that I was talking about, you know, that trusting that you're going to be all right. Yeah, that that is. That's to me, that sounds like a really key part to to that philosophy, right? The There's this uh, let's call it a foundational trust that you can establish that can maybe give you some confidence to step out into the world if you you go on the basic principles of you know generally people aren't out to get you generally the world's a safe place it's sort of these these foundational trust elements that if you if you don't have some belief in them it's going to be hard to i mean a lot of that comes with entre- in entrepreneurship and what we talked about too like some of that foundational trust i'm just kind of the spitballing and out loud and kind of taking in what you said and thinking about thinking about these values that you can start with just some values, uh, just even a few values that can drive everything forward in many ways, man. That's all in your mind. You know, uh, that's crazy, isn't it? Yes. Well, and that's the thing. Like it's that trust is, um, that's what creates safety, right? Like you want to feel safe. You want to feel like you're going to be safe. And I mean, well, that's why uncertainty is so hard. Exactly. And I, and I was going to say, you never know, though. That's the thing. You never know what's going to happen. Right. You think you know. Yeah, you're right. If anything, if the pandemic showed us nothing else, yeah. you know, you cannot rely on anything but your own sense of safety, of trust in that you are taken care of. Right. And so, like, before I was on the entrepreneur's journey, you know, I was out there in the world trusting, meaning feeling safe. It wasn't. It was not a uh, an intentional thing. It then. Now I've gotten into being more intentional about it simply because I'm being you know asked to trust ever more deeply. And as that happens, the things that I want are appearing. You know, that's a whole other conversation. The main conversation is <laughs> that sense of trust, that sense of safety. You know, like you when you're safe. It, it's, it, it was built up over time. It was definitely built up over time for me. You know, like I went out on my first little, I don't know, study abroad when I was 16 years old to Sweden. Coming back full circle to where we started. Yes, right? yes, yes. Was uh, that the big eye opening thing for you? Yes, is that the thing? Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, it, 
I trusted. I, I felt safe uh, in the sense of I didn't know what dangers lurked. That's the thing. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in a fearful household. My parents weren't fearful people. Um, They're educators, you know, Uh, they were like, okay, you know, Um, and and, and what I mean, not fearful people. Yeah. Everybody has fears that come up. I don't mean that, but like um, my parents grew up in segregation in the American South, uh, which did not end uh, like 500 years ago. You know, we're talking about it ended in their lifetimes and just a few years before I was born. Uh, And so I'm saying that to say they were coming out of this ridiculously tense, uh, you know, predatory kind of environment where people were pitted against each other. And I never saw them uh, embody or uh, bitterness or hatred for a group of people or be, you know, like be any way towards, you know, like white folks for this is what you've done to us. My folks were very engaging and loving, you know, to people they are, but I mean, like when I was growing up, they're modeling this behavior for me. And we would, uh, you know, grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, which is like um, an hour and a half, two hours away from uh, like two hours away from Orlando. And back then you could go to Disney world cheaply. Uh, It was like $21. (laughs) Florida resident okay. special. Right. You could take your own. Just cooler. for you, man. Just for hey. you. Oh I my had to God. represent your home state. Hey. I got a retro Walt Disney World shirt on. You have a Walt recent. Disney World shirt. I represented. worked for you, man. I knew. I knew. You, you know, Florida. I mean, I had to do it. That is the logo. <laughs> that was the That's one they were using one, when right? I'm talking about, like the That's time cool. period I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, this a didn't good. come with a twenty-one dollar ticket. I think this shirt was more than twenty-one dollars, actually. <laughs> And I'm talking about good old 1984 here, right? Like, I'm talking about like. (laughs) We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. 
so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there. And that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself. And that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. Well, I was a janitor at Epcot Center when I was 20 years old. I did the, the college program and I worked as a janitor. And so I got to sweep my way all over those countries, clean up, clean up trash all over those countries, man. Jeez, man, when <laughs> I tell experience. you that was a foundational experience for me. Going to Epcot, yeah. like to go to those countries and I was that kid that would talk to like the 18 year olds from, you know, Norway and be like, yes, your capital is Oslo. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome, dude. It was, Oh my God. Like just, that was my fantasy land was Epcot. Uh, So yeah, I wasn't, I mean, you know, magic kingdom, that's cute, but like, you had an attraction to other cultures and and, yeah, at an early age, you were curious about the world. Absolutely, man. And so what I I brought it up to say, like we'd be there and I'd see my parents engaging with people from all around the world, just like nothing, you know, like we're humans, we're out here, you know, just having conversation. Uh, And so that um, didn't breed a fear of other people in me is my point. Uh, and so to go out into the world and connect with people like that was the most natural thing. So to then say, OK, I want to go to Sweden because like it was the cheapest of all the countries <laughs> in the program. <laughs> but then when you got there, it must have been kind of like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this is this is real now. <laughs> kind know? of, kind <laughs> of, kind of. I was too young to really. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I was like 16, but whatever, like new experience. Like I, 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 it didn't hit me as something, um, I mean, I had been going to Epcot, you know what I mean? Was it a, like, year? Was it a year long program? No, or? uh, it was just the summer between oh, okay. junior and Yeah, but still, I mean, the summer in Sweden at 16 years old, that had to have been very influential, right? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is that it wasn't. It wasn't any less influential than going to a summer camp in another part of the U.S. It was outside of the normal, right? Uh, And it was me taking a risk. And it was my longest plane trip at that point. You know, the the first one I had taken over, you know, an ocean. Uh, It was. And once it was complete, you know, once I got there, I was there. So then that became something else that I've already done and like, okay, so what's next? So what's next? So what's next? So what's next? You know? And that's kind of like how you build up that muscle. And it doesn't, it, now I would say something else now I, that I appreciate more than ever before is being in the present in the moment and like really appreciating like, wow, like this is a cool thing that's happening right now, mm. you know, as opposed to, so what's next? Now right. it's like, yeah. Ooh, what's now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's now? How, how long did the so what's next phase last? <laughs> About forty years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still get a little so what ne- so what's next syndrome. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll never. You want that. You want that. You do want that. It, it's it's. But you want that and you know you want the what's now and what's next, right? Uh, you you want to because what's now like it is what's now, right? Um, and it can be incredible. Um, it can also be painful. It can also be um, you know, confronting, uh, and it needs to be dealt with and you know, what's next. So like, that's, it's, it is like a great film, you know, a great series, TV series, a great song, great dance, you know, it's right now. Ooh, what's next? Ooh, what's now? Ooh, what's next? That this is the first time I've ever said this, so that's kind of why I'm enjoying this, man. We are we recording? Oh yeah, we're recording. <laughs> I'm I'm loving this. When I think about that, and and I, I love the I love the idea there. The so what's next? So what's now? But the what's now for me traveling that was I think that was one of the things I loved about it was it really put me in the now. You know, it's not always easy to be in the present moment. And very much, very much present. And travel forces that in, in such a powerful way, I think. It's such a great feeling. It's the way, I, I feel like it's our natural way, but it's not always easy to, you know, we, we talked about all these projects and things you have going on. Sometimes your brain is thinking so far ahead and, and different steps and all the things that it's sometimes hard to just kind of enjoy that present moment in the task. Is that something for you that you've found? Is that something you have a practice around in your life or something that you're, you have an awareness around? Or, what, what sure. No, it's all practice. It's all practice yeah. because it's easy to get back into that. It's easy. Well, how do you, to how do you into, practice? How do you, um, you do? so it's interesting that you mentioned that because what came up for me was just, um, remembering when I was trapped, when I was planning my very first round the world trip, 2009, um, I was had been living in Colombia teaching English at uh, a, a high school and was wanting to just um, do some more traveling. And I had been given like a mistake fare for like a one way trip, uh, one way flight, a, a trans Pacific flight by Chris Gillibo of uh, the Art of Nonconformity. Yeah, yeah. So and the World <laughs> Domination Summit. So thank Have you, you Chris. Yes, I, I went times. this year. We're, we I don't know if you were. I was there at the last one. It's a conference in Portland, everybody. It's a conference it's in a Portland. That is it. It, it's all yeah. about like, you know, living an epic, amazing life. And uh, I did speak actually during like the little two minute stories uh, that were w- was happening there. So I guess may- maybe you might have been just out at one of the food trucks uh, when I was like, <laughs> but yes, I was there. Uh, and so, no, absolutely, man. Chris, uh, was, was a great influence early on, uh, in my blogging career, uh, and getting me out into, um, well, yeah, just, just, you know, in, encouraging a bit of that expansion. And, uh, so, uh, I got the ticket to, to, I was planning this round the world trip and people were all like, oh my God, like you must be so excited. And, you know, and I was like, no, I wasn't excited. I was stressed because I was planning it. Right. I was trying to put everything together and I kept thinking about like, what the thing was next, what's next, what's next, what's next. So that was one of the first times that I remember kind of being reminded that there's a now. You know, other people showed up and reminded me. So that's part of it. Like to have to, when you get too far into that, uh, I have found that I have a wonderful group of people 
some of whom I already know, others who are just showing up from out of the blue, who will be a, a good reminder, who will remind me, be now. Uh, and then I can get back into the practice of it, of like, oh, yeah, like, and not make it, not make myself wrong, not go into like, oh, you know, bad me for not being in the now for the last two weeks while I was probably trying to plan something epic, you know, like it just, it's all good. Just chill out. It's a, just a reminder. That's all. Yeah. Uh, and now. Well, that's always know. a balance because you have to, you know, that a trip's a great example, right? You, you still have to do some planning. There's logistics yeah. and there's a way to... I suppose stay present with some of those things without getting too carried away. But it's just this is just yeah, this is an ongoing battle for myself personally. And I found when I when I get to do well, going back to kind of all the roles you've had to play with the show and everything like that, you know, it seems that when you get to do the thing that you really are aligned with, use that word again. Yeah. For me, a podcasting having this conversation right now is just I am so locked in with you. I mean, oh, I wish we could just jump through the screen and kind of just, you know, <laughs> hang out and just do the, you know, Have spend the whole day going person. on some adventures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Man. I mean, this is where I feel, you know, it, it, getting into like some of the other responsibilities around having something like this is not always, like I said, there's, there's good parts and there's bad parts to things. And that's just part of the job, I suppose. <laughs> it's part of living, right. you know, right. It's right. a part of exactly. life. And it's, it's, and I will say this with, with, you know, while you were saying that what was coming up for me was just, can't we be both? Can't we be both now and next, you know, can't we be both like we are capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time, you know, we're capable of a lot of, we can, we're capable of, you know, some people even safely driving a car and having a phone conversation. Um, like, it, I mean, you know, speakerphone or whatever, like yeah, not with the phone yeah, in your yeah. hand. No one, please, do, please don't do that. Yeah, you're listening uh, to this but, in the car. Right. <laughs> disclaimer. But, disclaimer, disclaimer. But the idea of being um, all-encompassing and ex- expansive beings. Woo-woo alert. Uh, I am uh, I'm engaged in um, accounting right now you know like accounting for the business uh like working yeah. on a spreadsheet yeah, my accounting. favorite exactly the, the, this is this is exactly what i came uh into this you know career path to do this right here yeah oh yeah uh, you couldn't right. wait to sit down and balance <laughs> those books exactly You're like forget the epic trip to whatever right <laughs> oh and this is to send it to the actual accountant right so this is just like the pre-accounting that i'm then gonna pay somebody to like do right um so <laughs> like the both and you know like i'm in that and i'm in the next which is we do this we get back to something fun or we do this and we find the fun in it and we say you know what all right like i used to uh like this numbers used to be who uh mandarin chinese to me well now like okay are you share share and then now i'm like ma 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 like i'm learning the tones you know and it may be years between <laughs> the, that you know it takes me to get to the point of finding the enjoyment in working on that spreadsheet but eventually i'm going to start putting together sentences in Mandarin Chinese, right? And so even if that's as far as I go before sending it off to the Mandarin Chinese translator, uh, it's still, I've gotten to the place where I could be uh, recognizing that there's the nextness 
and then I'm flexing muscles and then I'm, you know, or not flexing, but building the muscles. And then I'm doing, um, that I'm, I'm being now and I'm being next. I'm being now and I'm being next simultaneously. Uh, and so at, before, you know, uh, Friday, finance Fridays is what I call it. That's when I go into my ba- balancing books and managing uh, the budgets of everything and, and looking at bank account balances and uh, biting my nails and sweating. Uh, but also being in gratitude and uh, and seeing the numbers increase and being excited about the fact that I can pay some bills, y'all, and like, you know, take care of people, pay employees, give employment to some and enjoyment to others. Uh, doing that and the both and of it, the now and the next keeps me... Well, it makes it hurt less. Makes mm. it hurt less. Mm. You mentioned language. You speak Portuguese and Spanish. How did you learn those languages? Was that a tough thing for you? No, no. Um, I, I love language. Natural language learner. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, that's a that's a strength that I came here that's with. Amazing. Um, you know, like where I was struggling with numbers, I didn't necessarily have to struggle with language. Um, and when it came to pronunciation, great musical ear. On the other hand, my grammar was very Tarzan like. <laughs> so, you know, my R's, boy, I could ferrocarril, you know, I could like trill all day. But if I had to conjugate <laughs> the verb haber, watch out because we are it, it, it is very like me umbrella need uh like <laughs> so my point is uh i started spanish in high school uh and i started taking it uh at an early age i was drawn to it uh and then um you know moving from there uh into uh portuguese i, I lived in latin america for a little while i lived in, in colombia for four years teaching english and social sciences why do i say colombia because it's easier than just saying colombia and then have to like correct people no not south carolina no not columbia maryland no not <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> they get it right when i lived in dc it was like columbia maryland <laughs> so four, like, no. four years that's quite a quite a long time I think that's very interesting that you say that because, you know, back then was it a long time to stay in a place or in a job for four years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now it seems like a long time. And I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting, you know, like it, how time has changed uh, where it, four years seems like a long time when it, it used to be like a medium time or like a decent stint somewhere. Um, but anyway, yeah, four years because I was trying to commit to that creation. I had a lot of learning and a lot of remembering to do. Not learning, remembering, remembering. We come here knowing everything. Woo woo. Uh, but I remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, lived there for four years. Then I lived in Miami for a while off and on uh, and had a lot of opportunity to speak Spanish. But while I was in um, Colombia, uh, one of my friends from Brazil started teaching me Portuguese. Uh, and that way I wouldn't have to like translate uh, it through English. Uh, and so I kind of uh, started learning bit by bit and then moved to Brazil. And that was where it kind of locked in. Uh, I always taught uh, and worked in English speaking environments, though, even when I lived in, in Latin America. So uh, I was never 100% um, only speaking the local language. But 
uh, it did help. Like I, when I, when I was living in Brazil, I would have to do interviews with people in Portuguese. Um, so that was cool. And, and I was able to create a great friend group with, um, Portuguese speakers who didn't necessarily speak English. And I was, I could dive into that after a while, you know, and, and one of my best friends, we shifted from only speaking English to a mix and then to mostly Portuguese when I was living there over the course of our friendship, simply because like I, 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 you know, moved into his linguistic world. Uh, and that was kind of cool. Just noticing that like, Hey man, you know, we, we, we could do both and both and <laughs> I've tried to I have some friends that because we started speaking English together when I met them here and then I learned Norwegian slowly been getting better it's still pretty painful to listen to my Norwegian but it's hard to make the switch sometimes with certain friends because you once you establish the friendship in one language I've heard that once where somebody said whatever language you spoke with your spouse or your partner or whatever when you fell in love is the language you will continue to speak. Maybe that's true, at least it's true in my case, but uh, I, I don't know. You said it but is there, or isn't? It is. It is yeah, the language okay. you will continue to speak, which is why you know I could institute a rule here and say, you can only speak to me in Norwegian and then I will just get super awesome because I'll be hearing it from you every day and every conversation that I have all day for years will be in Norwegian, so I'll have to get good. But then... It's it just doesn't happen, man. You know, I can't I can't argue quite as well in Norwegian. That's no, I totally problem. get that. <laughs> well, no, listen, this was not the the, the friendship that I was mentioning it was not a, a a marriage or a romance. So no, we, no, I, of course, no. Yeah. But I think it's important to distinguish because that we didn't have big arguments either. You know, we were like, yeah. it, we were hanging out. So like when you know beyond like <laughs> the pleasantries, but. Uh, I will agree with you. I was uh, I had a, a former uh, partner who's German and uh, over about five years and I, I lived off and on in Germany. I, I never, you know, even when I committed to it, it was still I was there 60 to 90 days at a time. Uh, and yeah, English beginning to end. So uh, I, I do understand what you mean. <laughs> like, we never shifted at all. Uh, part of it was because he enjoyed English and was really good at like speaking it. Uh, and arguing in it. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the cool things is when, you, when you're speaking a local language or, or maybe you make a connection and they, they realize you're a tourist or, or you're, maybe you're not from there or whatever. Or they just think that you're going to communicate in English or whatever. And then you start communicating in their language. And that moment where there's a little bit of a, sometimes you get this little bit of sort of extra acceptance in a way. I don't know. It's just like, Oh yeah, like you took the time to learn my language and now you're speaking my language literally and that 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 can create such an instant powerful connection. It's always nice to try to lose even if you can't do it fluently. If you can just even come up with a few phrases to throw out there. I always find that super helpful to connect with people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, please and thank you and um where's the bathroom <laughs> you know like yeah so uh i start with the basics people do feel good that you've tried uh i've always i mean i have occasionally had someone um get upset with me uh i remember once being uh, trying to learn how to say thank you in turkish um not a simple phrase when you're coming from english the guy was trying to tell me, I kept messing it up. And then he said, okay, just say shokran, which is Arabic for thank you. 
And uh, so I remember being in, in in Istanbul and saying it to someone, you know, Shokran, and he was like, we speak Turkish here, not Arabic. I'm like, I'm just trying to say things. Like, uh, you know. But I get it. You know, I get it. Uh, so nine times out of ten, it works. Thank you for the people of Turkey, though, by the way. I had a, other ex- amazing experiences. Most other people uh, received my Shokran. So uh, <laughs> just saying it was well, one. Yeah, that's the other guy. side. Right. When you when you figure out a phrase and, it, and it's cool and it's maybe local enough and cool enough and you can say it with a good accent. Yeah. Then you might say it to somebody and then they start talking at you so fast. And then oh, they, my God. And they're like, Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm not like, you know, let's not get carried away here. Yes. I know one phrase. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Pardon. Parlez-vous anglais? No, oh la la. Like that, because I don't speak French, but I can, like, my accent's good, and mm-hmm. they just keep answering me in French. And I'm like, I asked you if you spoke English because I don't speak French and I don't know what you just said. But, um, <laughs> merci. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, Salut. See you later. See you later. <laughs> ciao, ciao. I'm going to go buy a beret. Sorry. I just did that. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. And, you know, um, but, and I did it to myself because I could have just not said anything in French. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how it goes sometimes. You got to put yourself out there. Um, yes. Yeah, the show. So you've done two seasons. Congratulations again. Thank you. It's, Thank uh, you because you've self-produced it and, and it sounds like a lot of work fundraising all the stuff you mentioned we, we don't have to get into that because i don't want to ruin your day with all that but but uh are, is there going to be a third season yes or? yes we're currently yeah. in the midst of filming and uh, bringing on production partners so absolutely uh yeah we are looking for a fall 2023 release um but we'll be filming uh, we'll be continuing to film over the first a uh, few months of 2023. So yes, we are excited about that. We've got uh, some great destinations in the can already. I won't say their names, but I no. will. All I'll say is bonjour, hi, and I'll leave it there. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, well, I mean, from the destinations you've been to, what what were one or two that really stood out to you in terms oh, of uh, the destinations for the show? So so many. Uh, you know, Mumbai. Places, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll say, you know, Mumbai specifically because we were there during the Ganesh Festival and the monsoon, right? So we're like filming with a trash bag over the camera and like, like when it wasn't pouring down rain, it was like being in a steam room. So, you know, wet either way. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was fun and impactful and amazing. Uh, Tajikistan just because the people are so welcoming, warm and friendly, but don't really smile. So like, there's, it's like <laughs> that's confusing. <laughs> it's it's just like, it's this wonderful warmth, but just not a lot of like uh, goofy teeth showing the way we do. <laughs> we can't help ourselves in America. So we can't. <laughs> uh, and so that I just found to be very endearing. Uh, Mm. And then um, uh, Ethiopia, like we were there for Timkat, the, uh, the 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 Ethiopian New Year. There was such life and exuberance and and warmth. Uh, of course, Sao Paulo during Carnival, uh, or not during Carnival, but in the run up to Carnival, we were at uh, the 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 Carnival um, Samba School rehearsal, which is where they practice in advance of uh, the, the the main event. Um, and all that was we, we you know we filmed from like 2016 to 2018. Uh, that was definitely it was bootstrapped 
And uh, we it took us a while to get that together. Season two, we filmed in two and a half months in 2021, still in, you know, full pandemic mode. Like they were just rolling out vaccines to certain populations. Uh, there was still a lot of like rules and regulations about traveling. And uh, we, we filmed exclusively in the U S because of travel restrictions. Uh, and even then we flew between two islands in Hawaii and that required like everybody to get tested just for those 20 minute flights. Um, we in Puerto Rico, we had to wear masks even outside. There was a the, the mask mandate there. Uh, so just saying, like, you know, there was still a lot that we had to uh, kind of work through. When we filmed in Newark, we filmed the last weekend before they opened like the city back up. Uh, so that weekend we were like filming. Uh, and then Monday, all of a sudden, like, poof, you know, like just action and adventure and, and that kind of thing. People in the streets uh, where it hadn't been before uh, in Detroit. We also had to try to like find places where there were congregations of people simply because like everything was still on semi lockdown. Uh, and we wanted to make the episode kind of upbeat and interesting, uh, but we did, we did. So, you know, and, and, and we had great experiences in all of those places, plus Nashville and Natchez and Kansas and the Adirondacks and Alaska. Oh, uh, Alaska had opened up by the time we got there. So then we went from filming in places that were completely empty to now this like overabundance of people, people, people everywhere with no rental cars and no like, it, you know, and, and, and coming out of that. Uh, so everywhere has been a phenomenal experience. We've had incredible stories. Uh, I can't wait to get back to each of those places because places change just like people do. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, um, I can't say that we've been in any place that wasn't magical, uh, on, on, on some level. And that's the beauty of the work that we're doing. We're capturing some of that magic through the people engaging with the communities that, that make places, places. Um, uh, one of the, one of the phrases that, uh, we hear from, uh, uh, Anna Mafwila, she's a tour guide in the Namibia episode. She said a country without its people is not a country. And she was talking about how like uh, depictions of Africa are often in the meat, in the media, certainly even in travel media, the whole continent, right? 54 countries, hundreds of millions of people. Uh, but all we get is like safaris and, you know, landscapes. And it's like, that's so misrepresentative of all of the cultural uh, beauty of the place and the people that just really create such a phenomenal energy and vibrance on this planet. So, you know, that kind of thing is, is, is also what we're doing, what we're searching for, what we're connecting with is just that vibrance, you know, that romance of life of music, of food, of intimacy, connection, community, fika, you know, like uh, la faire, you know, all of it, all yeah. of it, man. Yeah. I love your passion, man. When you travel to a place through your personal travels, whether it was one of your around the world trips or a trip you're taking in three months or whatever, versus traveling to a place to do a shoot, let's say, how, how does that change your relationship as a traveler to the place? Do you, do you tend to see things differently? Does it does going it make... for work versus just going for myself? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think obviously, you know, I am kind of one of those people that would go to a place and just, could I live here? 
you know, and just like we all do that, right? It's right, like, like travelers' tendency. Like I can imagine <laughs> what would life be like. Maybe I'll just get a job over there and you oh, know, get an apartment yeah. up there, and yeah. <laughs> I am one of those who has done that. Like I have just like oh, oof. oof. You've oh, lived out the fantasy. Well, uh, and, and often it was running away from what I was supposed to be, what what I was destined. What what, what to happened? Oh, it just wouldn't work out. Right. Oh, like, okay. uh, I'd be like, I want, I, I'm sick of all of this other, I want change. I want newness. I want to hide in the new, uh, yeah. I want to hide in the, 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 not the people not knowing me. I want to yeah. not be visible. So let me just get some little job, you know, working at target, uh, on the night shift, throwing, uh, you know, stocking target in Hilo, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Ask me about that very specific, uh, job. <laughs> yeah, was that was that uh, an actual gig? <laughs> I didn't have it, but trust and believe, I I was about to set aside time on the calendar for, to fill out that application, yeah, and I did I did go through the the motions of finding it. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's yeah, like, right. like so no yeah. So just saying the, the but that uh, indicates how like you're always kind of doing something right so if i'm if i'm not working uh on filming in a place i'm still kind of seeking out what could be filmed at a place when i'm mm. there you know still mm. like oh this would be cool this would be cool this would be cool this would be yeah cool. you got your creative hat on your storytelling hat right and and yeah. not necessarily filming a season, an episode of fly brother you know i have a production company a, a film studio presidio pictures we do scripted unscripted feature film uh we we do everything and so it's like, what other stories are here? Could this yeah. be a short story? Could this be fiction? Could this be, you know, something for social media? Uh, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, I, I write still for Condé Nast Traveler magazine and, and, and other, uh, other magazines and, and publications as well. So it's not just, would it be fit for Fly Brother? Um, the thing about Fly Brother is the focus is community building. It is connection yeah. across background mm-hmm. and boundary. So that's how I live. And that is whole world is our tribe. A hundred percent. Right. Yes. Yeah. Talk so about like, what that means to you. Man, just, just what we talked about. Just the fact that like we can go places and really see and connect deeply with people that we can uh, enjoy each other's company and all of our beautiful diversity. You know, I don't want it to be, uh, I don't want to not see color. You know, I don't want it to be homogenous, man. Like we need to be out here doing all the things that we do and enjoying that and recognizing that like the way we do things is simply it's it's the different ways that we love each other. It's the different ways that we enjoy each other. It's the different ways that we eat. It's the different ways that we sing and dance and fight even, you know, all of it is just different languages, really, um, with the same concepts. And that to me is the world being our tribe. And I'm not talking about something that's, you know, like, let's say cultural appropriation, which is a thing with regard to uh, kind of business being made of other people's cultural traditions. And then those people not sharing in the monetary rewards of that business. Uh, that's so just to p- put that out there and be clear about it. Uh, I'm talking about like, let's just go dance and let's have some Balkan beats and let's have some Afro beat and let's have some Bangra beats and let's have some, you know, or whatever other beats, like <laughs> that kind of thing. And like, let's just be and enjoy and do and, um, and make, create. That's what I mean. And that we all deserve that feeling. We all deserve, a, we all have a place out in the world. Everybody from 
you know, back swamp North Carolina to the middle of Moscow. So like we all have a place and we all deserve to be able to exchange and, and, and just be seen, be empowered and be loved. That is what the whole world is our tribe means to me. Uh, it means that, you know, I love musicals, Oklahoma. I don't say I'm no better than anybody else, but I'll be danged if I ain't just as good. That's going into places and recognizing like, you're me, you're me, you're me, you're me, you're me. And I'm you, I'm you, I'm you, I'm you, I'm you, you know? Blue-eyed, brown-eyed, bald, you know, whatever. Like that is the whole world is our tribe. Hmm. And it's all just as beautiful. I don't think that target job would have worked out so well. <laughs> they probably knew that <laughs> oh i did I, I it's funny that you mentioned that i did have an interview at fedex and uh, they did not hire me they were like oh <laughs> you are too qualified <laughs> no <laughs> we'll get back to the interview in just a moment would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day. I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Well, you, you have an MFA in creative writing, right? So I had to ask you, what are your three favorite adjectives? Because <laughs> you are, you are very uh, talented at word selection. I've oh, noticed. You. I mean, you're, you're very you. intentional you. with your with your word selection and your adjective usage, and like that's part of the job, right? When you're describing yes. a a place in the city, even on camera, you have to be able to, as a host, bring it to life through the the the, the words is what kind of brings it to life, right? Yes, yes. I mean, yes. the visuals, of course, too. But when you have that beautiful voice, you have, and then you start throwing the words out there it br it brings it all together so yeah i mean yeah 
I'm just curious. It's a tough one. I know. No, 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 no. It's such a great question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I, as a, as a writer, as a lover of literature, you know, that means a lot to me. That is, that's the foundation. Yeah, uh, it me. really is. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's the word, uh, integris. I love the sound of it. Uh, it's not used often. Mm. Um, you know, we do, we say with integrity, like, or, or, right. You know, we always kind of put uh, a preposition there. Yeah. Can uh, you use it in a sentence, please? Oh, <laughs> I need some help here. <laughs> <laughs> the way you showed up was not very integrous. <laughs> I want to be integrous with uh, everything I do. Mm. So just inter- it's having integrity, but from, you know, the adjective form, the adjectival yeah. <laughs> form of the word, <laughs> integrous. Love it. Uh, and also, I mean, I'm from, you know, I'm a kid, I'm a child of the 80s into the 90s, Acura and in- Acura integrous. So you're not accurate or integrous. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> that, that I am a, a, a nerd, word nerd. So love it. Uh, okay, what are two others? Let me see. Um, <laughs> you need a little time. It's okay, man. They're all just kind of crashing in. <laughs> um, I can see the word cloud. Yes, <laughs> and of learning. course, <laughs> I'm trying to sort out adverbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a a challenge right now. It's like, oh no, that's an adverb. Oh no, that's an adverb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. bountiful, Mm. bountiful. Uh, Not that I use it so much. You know, I I use abundant. I use you know that kind of thing. But expansive um, is something that came up a lot today. It seems like you're in a very expansive part of your life. Thank you. Exciting. It's exciting, Thank you, Jason. Yes, and it, that is coming out of, uh, yeah, I am in an expansive part of my life, and that does not mean it's not without challenge at all. That's the thing. Like I'm in an expansive part of my life, coming out of you know um, hurt. Uh, even if it's a, a temporary hurt, you know, you show up, you have something that you think is going to go one way. It goes another way. doesn't have to go the wrong way. It isn't going the wrong way. Just going a, a, a way that um, you don't think it should go, right? Mm-hmm. Egoic. Can I, can, can I ask about it? I mean, what? what? Uh, just, you know, you meet someone, you connect with someone. It's beautiful. And then all the triggers start showing up. And on both sides. And then all of a sudden you go through a pain point and then you come out the other side with new understanding, with mm. communication, with uh, expansive expansion mm. and with deeper connection and love. Mm. Mm. The destination or two that you have been dying to go to, but haven't made it to yet. Greenland. Okay. Cool. Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. Nigeria, in no particular order. Those are three that I really um, am excited. They excite me when you think about them, uh, when I think about them. The most adventurous thing you've ever done. Ask someone to marry Flew thousands of miles to ask someone to marry me. Who wow. said? Who 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 declined? 
Wow. Hey, like I did that. I did that. Mm. I did that. Mm. That's vulnerability. Oh yeah, man. I love. I'm like, what are we waiting for? Like, we're here. What's going on? And I'm not, this isn't to, to like, it just wasn't right at that moment. It's a, that's the thing. Like, it, it's, you know, there, there's so much that we can put on top of that in terms of, like, what it meant and, 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 and all that and what we think it means. Just hearing it. You know, you just heard it. And I'm sure there are things that are showing up for you in that. But, like, it's exactly what it needed to be. And it doesn't mean that the other person, like, it It doesn't mean there wasn't love there. That's the thing. That's the thing. It doesn't mean that there was not um, incredible love and care and desire, you know, and, and attraction and romance. All of that can be there. And still, you know, the answer can be, uh, or it can be a decline. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah. I, it's, a, it's funny because I couldn't say the answer decision. could be no. Right. Uh, and because and yeah. that's kind of like, yeah, it's it's it, it's a no, you know, but then with the context, you know, you get more than that. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the cynical side can be like, well, it was a no. But the, you know, under, the, the, the human and, and, and loving side is like, well, listen, like, here's everything happening. Mm-hmm. And like context is everything. A hundred percent. So Absolutely. however. I did it, but it was and adventurous. Like, it was. That's, that's the damn <laughs> yes, <tour>. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I am only, thank you for asking that because I haven't given myself probably enough like pats on the back for that. Um, yeah. So adventurous in like all of the ways, right? Oh yeah. The traveling, the emotional adventures, you know, all, all of it. Beautiful. One of your most treasured travel memories Oh man, just being in South Africa, like such a beautiful country, going there and uh, just connecting with people and and seeing landscapes that were just otherworldly and being there with people in these otherworldly landscapes, you know, people uh, who just had open hearts and were uh, very welcoming of me and my experience and just, uh, yeah, like it was very much a homecoming. And uh, I'll never forget that. Um, a couple others, Mongolia. I spent uh, New Year's in um, a yurt in uh, outside of Ulaanbaatar in the mountains of Mongolia in 50 below weather. It doesn't matter if it was Fahrenheit or Celsius at that point. It's just cold. Uh, and it was, you know, an awesome experience. My first time at a samba school rehearsal in Brazil, which was during... Um, it was during uh, like the run up to carnival. That was my buddy that I told you that we switched into speaking Portuguese. That was one of our first hangouts. I was just visiting Brazil. We were connected through uh, some mutual friends and he brought me to the Samba school rehearsal and I fell in love with Brazil, with Sao Paulo. And a lot of people, you know, it's Rio, it's Salvador da Bahia. I was in the middle of one of the largest cities in the world and in the middle of the street outdoor in this outdoor kind of setup. And they were just playing the Samba, which had elements of, um, you know, high school marching bands from the Southern black tradition. Uh, it was like coming to homecoming with like two historically black colleges, you know, like they're, they're having, uh, or not homecoming, but like, uh, a big, um, 
classic football match against each other. And like the bands are like battling it out. You know, it was like that. Uh, It was very much rooted in an African musical tradition that we see in the diaspora on this side of the ocean. But the beauty of it being Brazil, everyone was there. People of African descent, people of European descent, uh, the very large uh, Japanese Brazilian population in Sao Paulo, you know, that was represented as well. It was, and everybody was just out there having a great time. Yeah. That, mm. so yeah, that is that's that's amazing. You paint the picture so well. I am always fascinated with what is it about a culture that gives people the freedom to exercise their passion in that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. every. I can't find a drum circle <laughs> in uh, here in Norway. Like if I go out my door, you know, and take a walk into the city, there's probably not going to be one. Now that might be because it's snowing and it's cold right now. Sure, no, I was going to say, man, not, don't discount that weather. You know what I mean, though. There's something special about let's take you know Brazil or Argentina or some of these countries where the there's a, a certain passion and a certain fire for living. How, yeah, how does that? make its way as uh, to be a part of a culture in some places and not in others. Not that people aren't passionate here. I'm not like, I'm not saying anything critical about Scandinavia or where I live. It's just different. Sure. It is different. And I think, I mean, you've got different histories. You've got a lot that goes into it Uh, with Latin America. I mean, you know, you're already starting with uh, mixed European cultures, Spain and Portugal, both having been, uh, kind of conquered for 400 years by the Moors from North Africa, uh, then going over and kind of conquering other people. So it, I'm saying that to say there was all kinds of great mixture already happening. And so in that, you know, you also have kind of Catholicism, which if you know the history of that, it's a lot of syncretism. It's a lot of kind of co-opting or adopting local traditions into the church to kind of convert people. Uh, So you're like, you encounter, you know, a local goddess. So you say like, okay, that's the Virgin Mary, you know, La Virgen de Guadalupe, for example. Like, and so like, there's a lot of kind of uh, that that's built into the cultural matrix uh, particularly of Latin America. This is my teacher hat uh, that I just put on, mostly because I did a lot of research while I was living there um, j- about this very thing, you know, and it's just simply kind of the way things were built in addition to the warmth, the weather, the exuberance. And there is also a socio-political component to it as well. You know, you, um, you're talking about societies that are not necessarily... Um, let's say the richest, you know, you're talking about societies where a lot of times the focus is on, okay, yeah, y'all party while we do this over here, you know? And, and, and so that's kind of by design as well. Um, in the end, what you've got is a wonderful agglomeration of flavor in the soup, in the gumbo. It's hearty and it's, you know, filling. And so, uh, it and that's something I think you see in a lot of cultures, and certainly a lot of cultures where you've had some sort of kind of um, sociopolitical uh, subjugation. Uh, you kind of tend to find that they are then channeling those energies into um, the magic of of living, the, the romance of life. You know, 
we may not have a lot of resources, but we damn sure know how to party. So that's what we're going to focus our energy on, you know, like that as a survival mechanism. And in doing so has created just this ever flowing um, celebration of life. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that is something you even see in certain traditions, certainly uh, even in death, um, like parts of Africa. And then you see it kind of in Latin in, in, in New Orleans, the jazz funerals. You know, it's a celebration of the life that was just well lived, you know, even in death. Like, that's beautiful to me to see people like, yeah, it's painful that you've lost this person. But the fact that they were here, the gift of them having been here. Uh, like, I think that is directly related to that recognition of we need to be celebrating all the time as much as we can enjoying <laughs> life. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a great exercise. Uh, uh, you write your own obituary huh? and that's pretty much it. So that's if anybody it. <laughs> wants to write their own obituary, <laughs> that pretty much says it all, right? Mm. <laughs> If you end up writing one, I'd like to read that, by the way. I never thought about it. I never thought about that. But uh, I'd love to I, see uh, the adjectives there. They will be <laughs> mellifluous. <laughs> they will be splendiferous. <laughs> they will... <laughs> That's amazing. And dulcet. <laughs> Flybrother.net will link to that of course in the show notes what a pleasure and i I, i'd love to do this again i feel like we have way more many things to talk about but we will have to save it for an in-person time when you make your way through uh norway by the way if that's one of these secret destinations we're going to connect on whatsapp you better let me know if you come through town so we can we can meet up i'd I'd love that do you or would you care to mention anything else here sure man listen we obviously have our television series that we, uh, you know, really believe is a window into possibility. You know, it's a window into the world. It's a window into connection and creating global community in which we all feel, again, seen, empowered, and loved. We've also created a new travel community, Fly Brother and Friends, in which we kind of help you transform your life in all of the areas where my life has been transformed. Where travel intersects with health, wellness, love, relationships, community building, entrepreneurship and wealth building, location independence, um, and holistic well-being. And we it's, it's a group of core storytellers that have created video courses and uh, all kinds of content, um, trips that we've got coming down the pipeline that are hosted and curated, merchandise. Uh, and it's just a, a phenomenal, um, small but growing community of people that we believe are helping each other create these amazing epic lives that we say we want you know uh it's there we can we can help you do it we can help you transform into being whoever you want to be and so fly brother and friends join us right now we have a special where you can join uh it's an 100 brings you in uh it's a full year as a part of the community and then it's 1999 after that full year uh cancel any time but we believe you won't want to cancel we believe that you will be invested in being a part of this community so that's flybrother.net slash 100 and you can find out more join us in fly brother and friends cool Thanks for sharing that. And what are you most excited about over the next few months here? 
oh man, so I'll get to see my family just before Christmas. So I'm excited about that. Going home to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and then <laughs> and then I'll be back here in uh, Vancouver for New Year's. So uh, just kind of the opportunity to really connect with my community here and uh, be out uh, possibly doing some skiing for the first time. I don't know what I'm doing, but consistent growth and, uh, and expansion, man. Uh, right, 45 right. years old on the slopes for the first time. So we'll see. You got this. Just remember, uh, it's uh, French fries, pizza slice. It's French fries, pizza slice. No, French fries, is- pizza oh that's just how you hold your skis the pizza slice is when you want to stop that's okay i was at like what am i stop what is the snow plow yeah well you go pizza slice when you want to slow down you go french fries when you want to go say there you go you you. got it there you go free lesson i'm paying it forward i appreciate it jason (laughs) is there a particular way i'm supposed to fall um without getting hurt love it i love it i feel ready to take on you know the bunny slope. There you go. Double, <laughs> double, double black diamond. Here we come. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck, man. And I uh, look forward to staying in touch. And thanks again for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Take care. You too. There you have it. I want to say a special thank you once again to Ernest White II for taking his time to come on the show and share and I'm so happy for him and the success he's had with his TV show and look forward to staying in touch with him as well. One of the things that came up early on that I mentioned at the top was how he felt being in Vancouver right now as an expat and that he felt like he was really in a place in the world that aligns with who he is and where he is in life right now. And I thought that was pretty powerful because it's not often, or maybe we shouldn't do it often, that we sit back and think to ourselves, hey, am I actually where I should be right now at this stage in my life, at this moment in my life? Now, on a day-to-day basis, of course, that can change. If you're traveling, if you're um, living somewhere and you love it one week and the next week you want to leave, I get that. But I'm talking about like the big picture view, right? If you're looking at the things you want to do in your life or in your career, whatever, at this stage. So uh, to give a specific example, a lot of people who want to work in tech and want to work in the startup world relocate to Silicon Valley because that's where the action is. Now the action's getting spread out and it's in other places, but that's sort of known as the hub of tech world and startup world and and things like that. So they want to be around that and they want to be around that energy, those people. And in their life at that moment... That is what they're trying to pursue. So it makes sense. It aligns with their goal or where they're at and the things they want in life right now. It doesn't have to be a career-oriented goal. And look, there are life circumstances, as we all know, as we discussed during the interview. Not everybody has the ability to go somewhere else at a moment's notice. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask ourselves these three questions and kind of figure out what they mean to us. So this is the exercise I came up with that I thought it would be fun for all of us to do that I did actually just coming up with these questions based on this topic of where should we be in the world that aligns with who we are or what we want in life or where we're at in life right now. So the three questions, you can think of this as a simple graph because if you answer the first question, yes, you don't need to go on. 
So the first question you could ask yourself is, am I where I need to be right now in life? It's that simple. Yes is the answer for me. I'll use my personal answer because I made a conscious decision to raise my kids in Norway because we think this is a better place to raise children. Nothing against my home country of the USA, but there were a lot of reasons why we chose this. So we're intentionally here. Does that mean it's easy all the time? No. It's cold in the winter. We have dark days. It can be tough. Uh, And it's not always you know, peachy keen just because the answer to that question is yes. So it doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It just means that we did intentionally choose here for specific reasons for raising our family and our children. Now, when I get a bit older and they get a bit older, the answer to that question could change. So if the answer to that question is no, then you could ask yourself the next two questions. If I'm not where I need to be in life right now, where do I need to be? Where do you need to be? If you're not where you need to be in life right now, you don't feel that you are. You answered no to the first question. Where do you need to be? Who do you want to be around? What do you want to be around? What kind of energy? What kind of people? What kind of uh, place and why? You could add why to that as well. And then the last question, how can I get there in the next one to three years? I think that's a reasonable timeline. So there you go. I hope that's helpful. I just sometimes like to come out of these episodes with a little food for thought, a little challenge, if you will, a little self-exploration for you to consider as you go about your day. Those three questions and just a bit of an assessment, let's call it, on the physical location you're spending most of your time and is that aligning with where you are in life right now. I thought that'd be fun to kind of highlight that portion of the conversation and finish up with that little uh, piece for you. Some things to consider as you go about your day. I will now reach into the quote drawer. Haven't reached into the quote drawer for a while for a random one. Let's see. I got to dig deep because, you know, these drawers, you have those junk drawers where, you know, you clean them out and you tell yourself, I'll never again fill up this drawer with a bunch of junk. It's going to be clean forever and organized. And look how I put these things away and put this in boxes and those random coins go here. And now I have a place for everything. And then like two weeks later, (laughs) it's the same. It's like totally filled up and out of control. Well, that's why I'm digging deep here. Okay. Let's see. Lao Tzu, who said, great acts are made up of small deeds. There you have it. Thanks for listening and for being a part of this community. You freaking rock. And I want you to have a wonderful day. Before I let you go, don't forget, sign up over at zerototravel.com slash newsletter. You get a free weekly newsletter with a bunch of travel goodies, curated content, destination talk, some thoughtful travel tips, curated content, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Zerototravel.com slash newsletter. Sign up to keep in touch over there. Thanks for listening and... I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.